Welcome back to another episode of the Kettle Menu Podcast. Today I sat down with Jesse, who is an incredible advocate and encourager of women in rural America. Jesse and I have ran in a similar circle for years, and I loved having this conversation with her as she is ahead of me in life, where she is a wife and a mom, and I'm yet to become a wife soon in a couple months, and she had some encouragement about how to juggle it all and how to support a spouse who's working on the operation when in rural America. So I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you will as well. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cattleman You Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattleman You. Through our conversations here, we share the latest ideas and techniques to help you start, improve, and expand your farmer ranch. Join us as we visit with industry experts and cattle producers to get honest ins and outs of beef production. We'll dive into topics such as cattle handling, nutrition, cattle markets, genetics, and so much more. We encourage everyone who's involved in the industry to listen. Let's dive in. I'm excited to be joined by Jesse today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Absolutely. Why don't you just start and tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about your business? Okay. So my name is Jesse Thompson and I grew up on a farm in Northern Montana, which is still where I live today. I'm not on the farm, but close to it. I was that kid in high school and grade school who wore cowboy boots and a belt buckle. And I'd like to say I was country before country was cool because nowadays it's pretty common to see um, boots on kids that live in a rural town or a small town, which is fine. So I, you know, I grew up on a farm. My dad and my uncle and my brother do most of the farming and then they have cattle as well. And I mostly helped with the cattle and then my mom had sheep. So I got an education there too in the sheep barn. Anyways, just growing up on a farm, it really, really cultivated my love for agriculture. And honestly, I didn't consider doing anything else after high school. Um, I knew I wanted to be in agriculture. I didn't really know what that would look like. I always hoped I would marry a rancher because I did have a love for the cows more than the the farming and the machinery. That actually worked out all right for me. I met my husband when I was 17 and we started dating a couple years later, did all the long distance stuff while I was in college. I went to school at MSU in Bozeman and I got a degree in animal science. And so, and then after that, I came back because my husband is also from the same area that I grew up in and we live on his family ranch, which has been in his family for, he's the fifth generation and we are raising the sixth generation. So Right now, what that looks like is he is out on the ranch full time. I am at the home raising the kids. We have a four and a half year old, an almost two year old, and then a one month old little boy. So um, I also work part time for the Montana Angus Association, and that also keeps me busy throughout the year. That is me, a little bit about me. And um, I also have this community online called Beyond the Fence Lines, and it is a community for rural women to share their stories and to connect with one another over the rural lifestyle and the ups and downs and 
the joys and the heartache and all of the above. So that's just a little bit about me and a little bit about beyond the fence lines. You are really far out. When we're talking about rural America, how far are you from like a major city? So we are 136 miles from the closest Walmart, Target, Starbucks, all of that good deal. No, there's a ton of small regional hospitals in our area, but none of them deliver babies. So honestly, if you want to have a baby, you got to drive the two and a half hours to get there. And we are 40 miles from like the closest town with a school and all of that is gravel. Most of it's gravel. So, and we're six miles from Canada. So there's that. We're pretty far North. So you are a pro at rural America and juggling what it's like to live out there, which is why you developed beyond the fence line is to make those connections. Is that correct? Yes. A lot of the reason why Beyond the Fence Lines uh, came about was because I was looking for connections. Even though I grew up on a farm, I grew up living out of town, you know, I thought I would have no problem moving to a ranch that was even even farther from town. But uh, I still get lonely and I still struggle, especially when I started having kids. That really changed my role on the ranch. And I kind of, I really struggled through it, to be honest with you. And I'm in a lot better place now. And I, I feel like I've really found my spot and I'm really leaning into that role, but I still struggle. So I, you know, I don't want to say I'm a pro at it, but I feel like my story is relatable to a lot of other people's stories and we can I've definitely made connections over that on social media for sure. Yeah. And that transition from really active on the ranch to being home more is something you talk about a lot, making that transition. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, I really struggled through it. I've always loved being a mom and I know in my heart that God meant for me to be a mom, but it wasn't easy because I you know, I went from helping on the ranch most days to in the season, I am inside a lot or I'm tagging along and not being helpful. And I really struggled with seeing my husband struggle to find help or, you know, he just needed one, one extra hand that day or one extra person to stand in that gate and it would have gone more smoothly. And, you know, I, I really saw him struggle not having that help and that made me feel guilty, which he did not intend for that. That wasn't his intention to make me feel guilty, but it's just, it's a part of living out here so far from anyone, from family, you know, you just, you don't get a lot of help. And I I wanted to help, you know, but with tiny children and where we live being so far North, you can't go out a lot of times in the winter because it's too cold or there's too much snow or stuff like that. So I struggled. And I, I'd like to say, I, I watched a lot of ranch life go by from the front window because I always peek out the window to see what my husband's up to, where he's at, especially during calving. And it wasn't until like I recently did a lot of personal development that I've accepted that my role on the ranch right now is to raise the next generation. And that's the most important role. And my husband agreed you know, that that is the most important job right now. And I get to be the one who gets to do it. So I feel pretty blessed by that. And I'm really leaning into that now. And I really love it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was Christy Wright, who used to work for Dave Ramsey. But she said that she oftentimes would be thinking about her kids when she should be at work, 
or thinking about work when she should be with her kids. And she's like, if I'm never settled, I'm always looking somewhere else. And that quote really resonated with me. I don't have kids yet, but I think it's easy to say, you know, okay, I'm playing with my niece or nephew or you with your children. I mean, like I should be doing dishes or I should be X and just settling into what's happening in the moment is a mindset shift that is needed to find some of that internal peace. Right. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Through a bunch of personal development, I just really realized that, that it's all about your mentality and how you are thinking about things and the things that matter versus the things that don't really matter at that moment. You know, it's all lots of seasons. We go through lots of seasons on the ranch. And I mean that literally as in, you know, there's seasons on the ranch, but then there's seasons of motherhood and seasons of parenting and just, it's a lot. And you just have to make that mental shift to be joyful in the moment that you're in and really embrace it because it's going to be changing before you know it. Yeah. And it's fast. My um, nephew is in first grade this year. And I told my brother when he went to kindergarten, I said, I think I'm more sad than he is. He wasn't sad. He loves school. But I said, it feels like a whole season's gone. Like I used to be able to pick him up and just take him throughout the day, take him to a bull sale, take him, you know, wherever I was going. And it's like, now that we have the constraints of school, which are great, he needs school. It just felt so sad to me. And so I've been working on being a lot more intentional with his little sister, because I didn't realize how quick that time was. And I'm sure as your kids are starting to get older, you're realizing how fast time is moving and how Precious each day is even though they say, well, a day feels like it lasts forever and then the years go fast. Yes, I I agree. I had the opportunity to put my four and a half year old into like a pre-K program at school and they would even let her ride the bus and it would be three full days a week and I just couldn't do it. Like I want to keep her home one more year. I want to, I want to let her be a kid, you know? I think it just, that's crazy to start him so early in school. I just want her to soak up being a kid for as long as she can without having to worry about school and schedules and all that. And, and on the same note, my baby is a month old and I have no idea where the last month went and I know it's my last baby. And so I am being so intentional on soaking up every single snuggle and also just being really intentional with my time with the two older ones too, because I know that helps with the transition and I'm not going to get these days back. I just know that. So just trying to be really intentional there about that. Ladies, this one's for you. Have you been looking for the perfect planner that will help you start on the right foot? We've created the Kettleman U planner for ranch women wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking to improve their operation. Our planner is packed full of the tools that will help you learn more about ranching, working with others, and knowing yourself. Not only does it include a calendar, but it's also jam-packed full of intentional questions and thoughts and action items to move the needle forward. Grab yours today at kettlemanulive.com planner. Yeah. So the question that everyone asks is, you know, how do you juggle it all, which you don't, I know. Right. I Uh, don't. (laughs) What are some things you have put into place um, in your guys's family culture 
that are helping you find time for all the things that are important. Being involved in the ranch when you can, with your kids, with your job. How, what kind of things do you do as a family to make sure that you can focus on each thing when needed? Yeah, I'm very transparent when people ask me that question. Uh, how do you balance it all? I really don't. Um, <laughs> I like the analogy of glass balls and rubber balls. And for sure, like my family and my marriage and the ranch and work are the glass balls. Work, not so much because there's different times of the year when it's not as busy, but so I guess that could be a rubber ball. But anyways, um, so I really make sure that I focus on my priorities and being present in that season. So you know, I know in the fall, there's going to be days when we're going to need to move cows or work cows and I'm going to need help. And so I like to, I'm able to lean on my mom. They're not too far, about 30 miles away for, for help during those days or whoever, you know, if she can't do it, I can usually find someone else to watch the kids so that I can help my husband. But that being said, you know, I try to plan that all out ahead of time so that things can run as smoothly as possible. We aren't able to get the childcare as easily as a lot of other people can. I work a lot of early mornings and I work a lot of late in the evenings. That's just how it goes when you have small kids. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, as each season comes along, the priorities shift from, you know, here to there, depending on which season we're in. And I just, I try and support my husband to make his job easier, whether that means, you know, mixing up a bottle for him for a bottle calf or helping him with a night check during calving or, you know, bringing him a meal in the field. You know, I just try and make his job a little bit easier by supporting him in that way. The kids are used to going along, which is great. I love that, especially in the summertime. One of my favorite things to do is to put salt out together in the evenings. And yeah, it means for a late dinner and a late bedtime, but you know, those are, those memories are worth it. And we're also getting a job done at the same time. Pretty much doing as much as we can together with kids in tow is how we get things done these days. And then just fitting all the other stuff in between as we can. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's not really that great of advice probably, but <laughs> that's just how we are juggling in this season, I guess. Ranch life does not quit just because you have a baby. <laughs> so that is something we've had to deal with in the last month. And there were hard days, you know, and the house is a disaster, but you know what? That's okay. The kids are taken care of and everything else um, will get done in due time. So we just try and I try and let the little things go. That was hard for me to get used to, but definitely working on that. You also, one thing you talk about on social media is you are a big planner and I know that you do meal prep. Is that something you just did before the baby or do you incorporate that in kind of a couple times a month or how does that fit in? So mostly that is just for when we have a baby, <laughs> but I do like to have the meals planned for when I know we're going to have help working cows, or if I know I'm going to be busy out in the corral helping my husband, you know, I'll make sure I have a crock pot meal or a meal in the oven ready and waiting for us when we get back in. I do like to plan things out like that because it just it's less stressful for me and it just makes everything run smooth. So like branding, shipping, you know, on the days we work cows or even a lot during calving season, I'll do crock pot meals. I, I tell you, the freezer meals saved my butt 
the last month, <laughs> especially with like hot weather and stuff, just being able to have the crock pot on instead of the oven, it was really helpful. And it was so nice not having to worry about feeding everyone. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. If I, you know, if I get more time as the kids get older, I would like to actually get some meals put in the freezer, but it is a lot of work. I, I do have to say, because I, I like to do everything from scratch. Um, one reason for that is because my husband is gluten-free, but another reason is it's just healthier and I'm not big into like cream of whatever soup or, you know, the really easy freezer meals where you just stick four cans of whatever in a bag with some meat and you're good to go. I'm all my freezer meals tend to be pretty extensive and, you know, fruits and veggies or veggies need to be cut up and spices and meat and all that stuff. So it does take a lot of time, but 100% worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you are talking to a new mom or a new wife who's just moved to rural America, what is your biggest tip or trick that you share with them? I have two here. Um, The first one would be always set the table first. So if the meal is not quite ready when the guys get in for lunch, because we have a big noon meal, which is pretty common on a lot of ranches up in my area. It's a tradition thing chances grandparents were that way his his mom was that way so uh, we have a big noon meal and sometimes you know with small kids I don't get the meal done exactly you know at noon so my biggest piece of advice is always set the table first so that they think it's going to be ready sooner than it will be (laughs) and then my second piece of advice is find your community Whether that is online, through social media, or in your area, don't wait for them to come find you. Find the people that you can connect with and really relate to and help you through the transitions in your life because you need those people. And I think that we shouldn't have to do that alone. You should have others to lean on and in turn, they can lean on you. So those are the two I have. Set the table first and find your community. Yeah, absolutely. And your community is part of the reason why you created Beyond the Fence Lines is to help rural women in that community. Why do you think it's so important that women, ranch women, are telling their stories? We live a life that many will never get to experience um, and many people will never understand. It is a very rewarding life. And it is beautiful and romantic and all things wonderful. But in the same sentence, it's also very hard. And we see a lot of things that people who live in urban areas don't. And so I think rural women, ranch women should, um, they all have a story to tell. We all have a story to tell. And I think that those stories need to be shared and they need to, it's something that binds us all together, uh, learning from each other or connecting with each other. It makes us all, it makes our industry stronger. And we are an industry that is very proud of our roots and our traditions. And I think we need to keep those alive and honor them. That's why I think ranch women or rural women need to get out there and share their stories. You're on the phone with the auctioneer, the ringman, the sale barn, the catalog designer, the photographer, the videographer, and on top of that, you need to market your sale so you can get potential buyers in the seats. If managing all of that sounds like a lot of work, you're right. K-Rose Company is your one-stop shop for all things marketing production sales. 
With over seven years of experience, we know just what it takes to manage the sale day, get more customers to notice your bulls, decrease costs, and increase your average. Get your free quote by visiting our website at krosecompany.com slash production dash sale dash marketing. How have you found some ways to cultivate community even being so rural? Because I know agriculture one can feel very isolating at times. I think that we now follow more people than ever on social media, which can add this feeling of connection, but also this feeling of that we don't have any, you know, friends that we sit down and have coffee with. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes being in rural America, even if you're not in agriculture, can feel isolating. And so you've really worked on cultivating a community. And I notice a lot in your stories that you're very intentional about when you go to town, um, trying to meet up with people if possible, or making connections like that. And so what are some ways people can cultivate community both online, but also in person? Because I think that aspect's really important as well. Right. I agree with that. One of the things that makes me a little sad about agriculture and rural America is that there is still a little bit of a separation even in our industry. So one of the things I would say would be to just be accepting of others. You know, we're all different and we're all unique, but we're all fighting for the same thing. And we're all passionate about a lot of the same things. And I think if we would just be a little bit more accepting of each other, whether you're the rancher or the ranch wife, or whether you lived in town your whole life and have recently married a farmer or you've been, you know, living the rural life your whole life. I just think we need to really be accepting of each other and kind of try and break down those fence lines of separation between us all. And like you said, when I, for in person, you know, we don't go to town very often, but when we do, I try to make the most of it. Or if I know I'm traveling in a certain direction across the state, I try and connect with the people that I know will be along my route. I've learned since I've become a mom um, and my time is very limited that you just got to make the time to get together with others, even if it's just for an hour. Even if, even if it's a little bit out of the road, it's really important to, you know, spend time with others, get that face-to-face time, share a coffee, share a drink, even if, even if it's only for a little bit, I promise it'll be worth it. It's always worth it to have people on our side. Yes. I, I used to travel a lot more, but ever since I've been a mom, I haven't been able to do that. And so I kind of miss it, to be honest with you. I kind of miss going to conventions and networking and being able to make those connections with other like-minded people in agriculture. But I know that someday I'll be able to start doing that again. So I take it as it comes and make the most of it. That's something that my friends and I talk about our experience at Bozeman at Montana State. We always tease that we wouldn't want to go back to college, but we didn't realize how valuable it was to be in such community in college and how easy it was to grab your roommate and go grocery shopping or to just have people there in the network. And so I think that having those people in your life, whether it be grabbing coffee or someone to switch watching kids with, having someone who's in your corner is really valuable. Yes, I 100% agree. I met my some of my best friends in college and we had an amazing friend group. It, it seriously made my college experience just the best. 
And you kind of forget like how social you become when you are in college because I've lived out here for so long now. I've been out on my husband's ranch for nine years now, and I've been out of college for almost 10. I feel like I've forgotten how to socialize a little bit. (laughs) And I think that's pretty common for people in rural America and in agriculture to kind of, um, you know, forget how to have conversation and, you know, everyone's on their phones all the time. And so we kind of miss that face-to-face connection with people a lot. I've really been trying to be intentional about being more social in person these days. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Beyond the Fence Line and either what projects you have coming up or if people are interested in reading stories or submitting stories, kind of walk through the structure a little bit of that and how people can connect with you on that. Okay. So like I said before, Beyond the Fence Lines is a um, website, platform, community, whatever you want to call it, for rural women to share their stories. And I just want to say that we aren't looking for stories that are like about your family, like here's my husband and this is me and these are our kids and this is what we do. Um, Not those kinds of stories. I think those stories are important, but those aren't the ones we're trying to share here. The stories we're looking for are the ones that are relatable. And I have a whole list of topics that people can write about, but um, like anxiety and mental health and grief and humor, because there's a lot of humor (laughs) on ranch and farm life, Uh, miscarriage, pregnancy, friendship, loneliness, hardships, stuff like that. We're looking for those kinds of stories that are really relatable that other women in agriculture and in rural America can relate to as well, Um, because the life we live is really unique and I heard a quote one time that I forget who said it, but it was what is most often personal is often universal. And that really resonated with me because a lot of times we just keep it all to ourselves. And I'm not saying you should share all of your heart all the time, but usually if there's something that you're going through, someone else is going through it too, or someone else has been through it. And so You know, even though we live miles from each other and a lot of the people I meet on social media or a lot of people that I connect with on social media, I'm never going to meet them in person, but um, the miles feel fewer because you shared a, a relatable moment or you've been through something that someone else has been through and you're able to kind of give them advice or talk with them about it. Even just talking with someone about something you're going through is so helpful, honestly. That's kind of why I've started Beyond the Fence Lines. Um, I just started sharing my ranch story, my my journey of motherhood on the ranch. And I just found a lot of uh, connections through that, honestly. And a lot of what I heard is that even though, you know, we thought we were the only ones going through something, that a lot of other people were going through the same thing too. So that's kind of what Beyond the Fence Lines is built upon. And then I do have a website. It is ready to go, but I am accepting stories now. I have a few to put up there, but I want a few more before the web- website goes live. And we will always be accepting stories. There isn't like a deadline or anything. You could email stories to jesse at beyondthefencelines.com. And then on my Instagram, there's also a highlight bubble that shares the topics you can write about and the guidelines as far as word count and You can submit anonymously for sure. If you don't want uh, your name associated with a story, that is okay with me. 
but yeah, so that's where we're at just waiting and accepting stories right now. And pretty soon the website will go live and then we can start sharing the stories and strengthening that rural woman community even more. Absolutely. I'm very excited to read some of the stories and see what people submit. And so I think it's incredible that on top of everything else, this tugged at your heart enough for you to start it and realize that we all have something to share and we all have connection points that need to get out there and need to encourage others. And I heard a guy, I think it was just last night, say, no one should make the same mistakes that I did. Because if they are, we aren't sharing with the next generation enough. And that really made me think about how much going forward and kind of clearing the path can help other people. And it felt like such a responsibility for me to really make sure that you know, especially as a business owner, what can I be teaching so that no one else has to make the same mistakes and we can just continue to make the experience and the situation better for the next people who are coming behind us. Yes. And, you know, in addition to that, I've always loved stories and I often think, gosh, I wish I could talk to Chance's grandma about what she went through, about how she raised her kids about how she raised her garden, about how she helped out on the ranch, like all of that. Oh man, I wish I could have those conversations with her. So I, you know, again, that's the importance of telling stories and sharing those things. And uh, it's, it's so we can carry on the tradition through the next generation and help them along with it too. This was a great conversation, Jesse. I think you're doing great things um, in connecting women, especially in rural America. So thanks so much for joining us. I'll be sure to put all of your information in the show notes. So hopefully some of our listeners will check out the website when it's live and submit some stories. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a really enjoyable experience. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cattleman U podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at cattlemanulive.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to review when you get there. We are excited to learn alongside you and remember the grass is greener where you water it.